It's time for building the game. Building the game. With Jason and friends. From tabletop game design. The fun forever It's at the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building a Game. Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, December 13th, 2021. This is episode 498. I am your host, as always, Nate Darty, and with me is special guest Jason Slingerland. I, I don't I don't think that was bad at all. I you don't have the energy that I have, but you had less screw ups than I typically have. So I feel <laughs> like that was a balance. Just one <laughs> screw up. Uh versus the but yeah, 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 yeah. The good thing is I can always do it better than Rob used to do. <laughs> oh my gosh, right? So many people can do it better than Rob. Like my kids can do it better than Rob. Everybody can do it better than Rob. Rob would admit that everybody could do it better than he could too. So yes. That's what, that way you knew that the documentary and documentary podcast was always real. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, yes. somebody would have polished it up. Welcome to Building the Game, an unedited podcast. Yeah, right. That's not true. Welcome to uh, Building the Game, a minimally edited podcast. That's that's probably a little more accurate. Yeah. Because it is edited, obviously, but uh, it is it is minimal. Um, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, so, uh, first of all, uh, we should introduce you. This is Nate Darty. If you've been listening to the show for more than a minute, you've met Nate, but well, you've heard of Nate before. He's been on the show before. Uh, Nate is a game designer and a good friend of mine who I've known since the very, very beginning of this uh, mm-hmm. And once had uh, a Greek breakfast with him in Kalamazoo at a uh, place. And then we all got stuck in traffic for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Car, uh, it was like a marathon or something. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's funny you mentioned the editing thing. Uh, and before we recorded, you were like, hey, you haven't talked about episode 500 much, which is coming up here. And I basically just made passing jokes about, I don't know what's going to happen. Let's see. I know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. Nate has an idea of what's going to happen. Cause I maybe dropped some hints at him, but uh, yeah. So, so yeah, it is uh 500 um, is more work. 500 and 501 are more work than I've put into an episode in a very long time, maybe ever. Um, so yeah, this was like iron design level work putting in, yeah. trying to get this all ready. Um, or a lot of organizing and stuff, but I'm super stoked about it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it is not a two-part episode, uh, but there will be two very special episodes uh, of the show. And uh, I'm pretty stoked about that. And um, and a lot of thanks to um, the crew over at the Discord channel who helped us uh, kind of get around to the ideas that I was going to do for 500 and for 501. Um, and so I've been really excited about that. Uh, a lot of them have some sneak ideas and some sneak previews about what's happening uh, with the show uh, after 500 or for 500, after 500, all sorts of stuff. So um, definitely if you want the inside scoop, which is I'm sure the only reason they're there because, you know, everybody wants the BTG inside scoop. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's where you can find out about it. So so but no, join us there. It's a lot of fun. Our weekly meetups are awesome. Have another one tonight. Uh, love doing them. And uh, I strongly encourage everyone to join. Check, Nate, where? Why aren't you there, Nate? I feel uh, like that would be right up your alley. Do you not use Discord? Uh, I, I don't that often. I joined Discord for building the game and another something else. Oh, me for, too. For, for game <laughs> mentorship. And man, people 
the people who use Discord just use it so much that like if I'm occasional user, I just log in and I see so many notifications that I kind of just right, right. run away. So I haven't done that too much. I pretty much just stick to Twitter as my only social media um, mm-hmm. to keep from getting overwhelmed. I have little kids and right. projects and stuff. So I try not to, to do that too much, but yeah, I know. I, I need to get on Discord. And actually, one of the things I was going to tell you is you always talk about the meetup, but you often forget to say when it is. Like, oh, yeah. It is Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or okay. Eastern Daylight. Eastern yeah, Time. Okay. Yeah. Time Eastern now. United States Time. New York Time. Detroit Time. Not Chicago Time. Um, so, That's, yes. Yeah. Kalamazoo time, as it turns out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is a time that seems to work for us. Uh, we've got a good crew of up to 10 people that show up um, uh, on and off. We've never actually had all 10, I don't think, show up in one setting, but uh, we, we get a lot and it's a lot of fun. Um, my tips for anyone who's feeling like Nate is about using Discord. I don't like Discord in general either. Um, I, in, that's So that's not true. I didn't like Discord um, and I really struggled to use it uh, well. And then I changed two things. One, I installed the desktop app. Uh, So right on my desktop, I can tell when I have a notification. Um, So that helps me remember to respond. But two, and this was something that Nate uh, mentioned before, which was every time I log into it, I have a bajillion notifications. So that won't solve the problem if you just have the desktop app. You'll still get a bajillion notifications. But what you can do is you can mute entire servers. You can mute channels. You can mute people. Um, so what I've done is I'm a part of a lot of servers, uh, with the exception of my own server and the BTG server, I I mute most servers, uh, which means I can go look at them and see whatever I want to see in there, but that it doesn't always tell me there's something new. Um, you can also mute channels within servers, which is really nice. Uh, and I think I have the muting option set so that if somebody like ats me in there and says, Hey, Jason, then I get a message, no matter, I get a notification, no matter what channel it is. Um, but for building the game, I have it all open, uh, and get notifications for it. But like, we're not so active that it's like, oh no, I can't keep up. Um, and I would have no problem muting a channel in BTG if it was one I knew I was never going to use, especially knowing that people can still reach me, but I've not needed to do that. Um, so, so yeah, please, by all means, come check it out. Uh, if you're ever interested. That's good to know. I, yeah, I, Honestly, I spent enough time doom scrolling on Twitter that I could replace one of those Twitter doom yeah. scrolls with like a Discord check-in and probably yep. be better off. Yes. But one thing I did notice when I joined uh, was, you know, like almost every publisher now seems to have a Discord channel and it's where they ask for playtesters a lot. Right, right. You want to get in on that scene, which I recommend. Um, that's a great way to do it. But one strange thing, almost every publisher that I have ever joined their channel they have a channel for their pets i don't know what it is really like you can go to you know whatever i'm trying to think of one of you know whatever it is floodgate or whatever and they've probably got like a sub channel that's just like pictures of people's pets (laughs) wow yeah we do not have that we we currently have like 15 channels um and i think we've got a few channels that i've like Oh, we've got like breakout channels below too, where like specific channels that people have had, but I've deleted quite a few of the old ones just because they never get used, but we have events channels. So you can communicate when you're at like a con together, which people Mm -hmm. have found really helpful. 
uh, now as they're getting back to cons, the PAX U one has been back and forth a lot. Yeah. Um, but yes, we don't have a pets channel, but we do have channels like 3D printing and Iron Design Challenge and prototypes and show topics and uh, weekly meetup. So yeah, yeah. We even have one that's locked that's called 500. It's a big secret. So there's oh. that one, which I'll be deleting uh, soon after 500 airs because we won't need it anymore. There you go. But uh, yeah, so that's the update on all of that. How have things been going your way? Have you been uh, actually playing much at all of late? Um, I know you went to, you had a party game recently. You said you were going to play some party games. Yeah, I went to, we went to a holiday party with just some other couples, uh, people, mostly people I've known from high school and um, about the only, I think the three people that were there from my high school are the only three people I still keep in touch with from high school. That's um, fair. Anyway, we, we're all vaccinated and, and very safe and all that. So we got together and yeah, I texted you, I think. And I was just like, Hey, I'm going to party. They specifically asked for party games. You got any prototypes? Uh, Cause these are folks that I know play games and, and I've certainly run my prototypes by them a number of times. And you said no, though you regretted that. <laughs> I realized afterwards, no, I did. Totally did. Um, but we ended up playing just one, uh, which is the first time I've gotten to play that. And I see why everybody loves it so much. It's that it's a much more social game, but scratches the same kind of itches categories in that way of you're trying mm-hmm. to find a clue that's a good clue, but not the same clue everybody else is going to try to come up with. Yes. Um, and it can't, definitely can't, it got to a lot of those good, oh, man, I can't believe you did that kind of moments. You know, it would be like mm-hmm. whatever somebody, if you have the same cl- two people put the same clue, they cancel each other out and you don't get to show right. the show. Right. Yes, So, you know, then it would get into these like funny, ar- oh, that's a cat. Uh, we get into these funny <laughs> arguments of like, well, I wrote it down first, so you canceled me, you know. <laughs> and I, I was telling Jason, we started off, we, we had so many people, we had to do couples. And I started off with my partner. And then after about two rounds, she was like, no, I can't play this game with you. And she, <laughs> so I went with one of the other husbands and she, the, the wives paired up. Just <laughs> we think oh, that's funny. Differently, the two of us. Um when those kind of games come around, we are, we are different wavelengths. Like people think, Oh, well they're married. They'll get all these. It's like, no, no. I will say one thing that I think is obvious. And she'll be like, that has no connection. (laughs) That sounds like my wife and I, honestly, when it comes to stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. But yeah, it was super fun. Uh, It was a great way to sort of, it was the thing we did that wrapped up the evening after chatting for a lot of time. Um, And other than that, I mean, it's hard to play games because we're still fairly pandemic cautious over here. I'm vaccinated. The boys just got their second shot. Um, I'm going to get my booster soon. So like, and I work from home. So like, we're pretty safe in general, but uh, still, you know, it's hard to get people together nowadays. Yeah, um, sure is. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, by the time this episode is airing, I should have my booster. So I'm supposed to get it in, a, in three days here. So we're, so we're going my to kids and my kids are all set now. So. We're going to Disney in January, and this is a, a vacation we planned before the pandemic was even oh, a wow. thing. And we were like, oh, it's so far off. We don't have to worry about this pandemic will be over. And then, like, as time crept by, we're like, are we going to get to go? <laughs> um, right, right. You're like, come on. Yeah, so we are going to go. Uh, everything has said that everybody who we've talked to and whatnot, and Jamie's listened to podcasts, uh, 
Disney is very, very safe. Like they very much are on top of it. Mm-hmm. Orlando in general, not as much, but still okay. The rest of Florida is a hot mess. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, they, but there's now a lot of evidence that Florida is reaching herd immunity the wrong way. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. herd immunity through vaccination, it's like you've either gotten it and lived or gotten it and not lived. Um, so our benefit from yeah. that, if, if not the best way to go about that. Um, but it's just, yeah, it, it's will be our first real vacation in a long, long time. Uh, oh, I will I'm hope glad to, you get to bring some games to that. I'm trying to think of, oh, our our friend Brian, who's one of our like top board game players, uh, we do a lot of escape room, like exit the game kind of things. Mm-hmm. He backed, uh, I think it was a Kickstarter called The Initiative. Mm-hmm. It, it's a co-op game where you play like spies going around trying to collect files and solve puzzles, but it's legacy. So each time oh, cool. and it's, it's cool. It's based on a comic. Like there's a comic book. You read the comic book page and then you play the adventure. And then if you win or lose, you read a comic book page. Interesting. Um, Cause you're like, it, it's one of those where you're actually just these teenagers reading a comic book, but then the game is you become spies, you know? So there's a good, like, a bit of role-playing kind of immersion into it. It's been really fun. We played a couple adventures. Um, we lost the second time, for sure. But but we felt like it was we lost fairly. You know, it wasn't that hard or anything. We just lost for bad luck. Um, anyway, that's... A, other than that, I don't think I've gotten to play a lot. I've been working on prototypes a lot. Um, that's good. I've gotten... Uh, I took a step back from Glassnost after the um, we had the Stonemeyer protest protest prototype playtest day back in September, and I got a lot of good feedback, and I just needed to ruminate on it, so I put that one away for a little while, <clears throat> pulled out some old stuff as well as uh, got a couple new inspirations. So I've got like four games that I'm really working on. Uh, most of them are to the point where I just have to have other humans, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't see the flaws anymore. I know they're there, <laughs> but I don't know what they are until I get them out and let other people play with them. Right, right. Including the one I'm going to pitch today, which it, I've never actually played because it's not the kind of game you can solo play test. So. Aha, aha. So speaking of speaking of today, so um, you messaged me last week. I think it was late yeah. last week. Yeah, it was when you asked about the um, when you asked about the party game, yeah. and you were like, hey. Uh, I got a thing I'd love to talk about and a game to pitch. Uh, Could I come on the show? And I was like, hey, I have an opening actually this week. Um, so, yeah, let's do it. Uh, and then before the, you didn't tell me what the topic was. And then before the show, I said, uh, do you want to tell me what the topic is? You don't want to surprise me. And you said, I'm just going to surprise you. And so I said, well, I'm going to trust you, Nate Darty. And then it made me think about a long time ago when Rob trusted you when you sent him a beer. And it exploded in the during the recording. I can't remember what episode that was, but y'all should check it out. Um, I think the episode is just called "Exploding Beer." So yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, while recording, Rob opened a beer that a homebrew that Nate sent uh, that then exploded all over uh, Rob's uh, office that we were recording in, which is very funny because it wasn't my office. Um, so <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. He doesn't live in that house anymore, but I bet if that carpet's there, there's still beer stains on it. <laughs> you know, it was it was like a what was it based on? It had like nutmeg and 
it was a brown beer with these spices in it. I can't remember what we were trying to mm, make okay. flavored. And so even if it's stained, it probably still smells good. Probably does. Yeah, probably does. I'm sure his cats loved that. Oh, yeah. For years um, to come. Yeah, I will never <laughs> live that down. And that's okay. you will not. No, but it was pretty first 100 episodes. Anytime I was on, I was like, I'm Nate of a exploding beer fave. <laughs> <laughs> the best was like Rob laughed the entire time uh, while cleaning it up. It was it was pretty funny. And the fact that we happened to be recording, uh, that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, so yeah, why don't you enlighten me about this topic we're so, going to talk um, about? Inspired by the game I'm going to pitch later. Uh, I've been wondering or thinking about traditional games. I almost said classic games, but classic makes you think of like Monopoly and stuff. But I'm really talking about traditional right. games, yeah. chess mm-hmm. and checkers and uh, you know card games, et cetera, yeah. that, are, mm-hmm. that are older than time almost. And how those have been updated or attempted to be updated or otherwise incorporated into newer games. Uh, Part of this was inspired by the fact that if you're on Kickstarter a lot, you know that about once every six months, there is some person who puts out a Kickstarter for some kind of new version of chess, right? (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's usually called like battle chess or wizard's chest or something chess, you know? Right. Um, Right. And I'm not saying these are bad. I, I'm no, no. Just um, player, and actually, there's a, a board game from the 90s, I think, called Bosworth, which is a really good twist on chess. Um, so, like, I'm not knocking them. Well, no, even um, Pandasaurus, uh, when when Danny Lowe was on, was saying that uh, they just published a game called That Time You Killed Me uh, by yeah. uh, Peter Hayward. Yeah. Um, and that game is is based on 4D chess. So it's a variant all the right. variants, but it's about time travel and, um, and trying yeah, to murder pictures. each other. And so, yeah. Everybody um, seems to love it. So, yeah. So, I mean, that is, uh, I think when done right, it can be really good. Um, I think a lot of times it is not done right. Um, right. I, yeah, I just, but it made me, you know. it makes me think of both how cool is it or how interesting is it that people are still going back to these games and trying to play with them, trying to make them new or taking them mm-hmm. and incorporating them into other things, you know, into an existing game or whatever. But also there's that part of me that thinks like, what kind of hubris do you have to have to say, I'm going to take, you know, chess, I'm going to take rummy and I'm going to make it better. <laughs> oh, you, <laughs> this game has been thoroughly play tested for a thousand years you're the guy that's going to make it better, you know, like, (laughs) so I'm just, I was just thinking about that. Like what makes, what inspires you to take a traditional game and do something new with it or, or how might you want to do that? It, it made me laugh just because Mike Fitzgerald has made a career of uh, a very famous career of remaking rummy uh, style of games. So, um, and I'm not mocking that. I'm just saying it's when you're like, who thinks they're good enough to remake rummy? Um, or chess, but yeah, no, it just made me laugh. That was all. So, I mean, what would you, would you ever consider that something like that? Either just taking a game you have and adding a piece from like borrowing the Knights movement from chess or like taking on one of those games and trying to think of, you know, the Michigan way to do it. Right. Isn't there something called Michigan rummy? Oh, there is, but I I don't know how to play it. Um, No riddle. I actually don't know how to play like traditional rummy. I've played it before, but it's been so long. I I honestly don't remember how. Um, 
So I was actually looking here when you were talking, I was trying to find, but I don't have it at my desk. I actually do have uh, a Hoyle classic card games book that I love um, because I, I, and I know it's classic card games, but you know, um, it's, it's all of those traditional style games. Um, and I love borrowing mechanics from those games. Um, chess would be hard for me because, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I, my brain doesn't necessarily work like that, even though like, it's funny cause I'm actually very good at games like chess, but very bad at chess in general. Um, and I don't, I don't know why. Um, I think but, uh, chess is like golf in order to be good at it. You have to just put in so much effort to be, good. Yeah. you know, like yeah, there's games so. with a much lower entry point. Like I always said, I, you know, I played disc golf because to just be okay at disc golf doesn't take much to be good, <laughs> but just to be okay at regular golf is a lot of work. Yeah. The same yeah. kind of thing with chess. Like that's fair. Yeah. yeah it's a lot of upfront costs there. <laughs> right. Right. I, one of the games that I do love that is a, basically a light version of chess is Onitama. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I that's a super that. solid one. Um, and I feel like I'm pretty solid at that. Um, but that's, I and think I, the reason is because I, I, I like when I can look at five to six moves that might happen and then look at those and say, okay, this is how this would work. And then predict from there, um, what your opponent might do in reaction to what you might do and to be able to look a couple turns out that I can do. But with chess, it's such a big, wide open board. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone has the same pieces. And if you've never played a person before, you don't know, are they good? Are they bad? Right. And when they make a move, right? Like um, when they make a move, you have to ask yourself, like, was that a good move? And like, if you know chess really well, you probably can say like objectively, yes or no. But in my position, I'm like, that was stupid. And then two turns later, I lost. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so that to me is that's what it comes back to. Like you're saying, you, you have to put the time in for something like that. Um, and I think the blandness of chess in general, or the, the blandness I, it came off wrong. The genericness of chess yeah, in general nature uh, is really. Yeah. I mean, it's. That I think really makes it so that like there are so many different strategies. Like you look at a game like checkers, right? Which is the same amount of abstract, more abstract, really, when you think about mm -hmm. it. I mean, because it's just discs. Right. And while you use the phrase King me, um, it's not, you know, like it, there's, there's no shapes or anything. Um, like when you're doing that, um, like there are only so many ways to be good at checkers, right? <laughs> like yeah. you just are like, there are good moves and there are bad moves. Yeah. There's a um, more limited, uh, yeah. to work with there. Yeah. But with chess, you know, again, it's not knowing what you don't know. And, um, so, I don't know if you built your own chess band, right. Your own like war band of chess people. And I would go, Oh, Nate's using a castle in this one. I have to presume that's because Nate likes the castle. Right. But otherwise when we start, it may be that your favorite thing is the Bishop and use it to much effect. Where somebody else might so be awful with choose, it. You have to have a king, but then you get to choose what other 15 pieces you right. want. Or maybe there's like a point by system where it's like, you can have a queen, but that's five points. You know, you can have a pawn right. at two point. You know. Yeah, see, again, we're, we're doing it. We're taking this, this right. infinite right, right, right. famous game and trying to tinker with it still. And it's funny you mentioned checkers because there's actually a game I got like at a, you know, for $5 somewhere from Ravensburger, I think, called King Me, which is 
checkers taken to another level. Um, I read the rules and they sounded really interesting, but there was a part of me, it's like, but why wouldn't I just play checkers? <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so I haven't tried that one out yet. Cause it's like, do I really want to learn a whole new way to play a game? I already know how to play. I don't know. Especially checkers is like not a game. I love to play all the anyway. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. I mean, like I play that with my kids because it's something that they understand, right? Right. It's an abstract well, game that makes sense to them. Yeah. So I don't, I, I mean, in a way, obviously these games pervade everything like dice rolling comes from very ancient versions of rolling bones mm-hmm. and stuff. Right. And, roll and move can you get more roll and move than pachisi you know right right, <laughs> right right so like in some ways it pervades everything but to like I, I just was curious about the idea of calling out a very specific part of some or or whole of some traditional game and then putting new trappings on it right no i, I mean i'm a big fan of that idea in general i think um you know like i said especially looking back at like old hoyle games and wanting to say like what is it about this game that makes it fun, right? Like, because I think when you're coming to a card game, right? Like the whole idea is like, especially, I mean, I, I can, card games are the thing I do the most, right? So I think it's easier right. for me to come from that perspective is, is you're looking at like, is this is this core mechanic interesting and is it fun? Um, and that's kind of the hardest jumping off point, I feel like when you're first coming up with a card game. And by looking at a classic card game, like from the Hoyle book, that's already been answered because right. it's in there and it probably is, is fun. It's probably somewhat balanced. Um, and it's endured over time long enough to be, you know, be a part of this book. Um, so to me, that's like, okay, so steps, you know, one and two done <laughs> now, now I can say, what can I do with this? Right. Right. Um, I mean, I think anytime you make a trick-taking game, right? Like that harkens back to the original trick-taking games, um, yeah. you know, that have been around for a long time. And I think that that, yeah, it solves two of your other problems. One, familiarity. You know, we all know what a trick-taking game is because we've all played spades or diamonds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, euchre for y'all up there. I say euchre, uh, but yeah, only if you're from Michigan or the neighboring states. I, yeah, I played much, 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 many games of euchre, but personally, mm-hmm. but yeah, most people down here don't know it. Um, and the other thing is, uh, they're all in the public domain. So you certainly don't have to worry about, you know, right, uh, right. like using them. Nobody's going to come sue you for using, you know, bishops in diagonal movement or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. nobody's going to sue you for using a deck of poker cards. Um, right, so, right, you know, right. yeah, the familiarity of, oh, suits. I know what suits are. Cause I've played plenty of games with suits in them. Um, that that's nice for sure. And as long as you know. Well, I guess you don't have to put a new twist on it, but, you know, usually you want something new, right? Well, I think, you know, I mean, I think that if you're going to bother to do it, you should put some new twist on it, right? I mean, otherwise you're just remaking something that already exists. I mean, most trick-taking games that I've seen, the trick-taking games that I've enjoyed that I've seen all do something slightly different, right? I mean, look at hearts to spades to pinochle to euchre right every one of those trick-taking games while having the same idea of you're trying to take these tricks or you're not trying to take these tricks right all have a specific um you know a specific little little spin on them that can make the game become vastly different than it was previously um yeah well the one i'm thinking about spoiler alert was 
is poker. And so I did, a, I did a little bit of research. I know that's frowned upon for building the game to actually do this. <laughs> it is. Um, really, it is. Uh, like, think about all the ways that there are to play poker, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when you say poker, and I guess most people would assume some kind of five-card draw, but that's, like, just the very most basic kind. Like, that's poker when you learn when you're, like, 11. Um, right, and I'm not saying that's bad. I still prefer five-card draw for the most part. But, you know, it just, like, the so many varieties of ways of playing with that same essential goal of setting up suits or runs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's just fascinating to think that, yeah, somebody can still take this deck and this basic same idea and still put a new twist on it that suddenly makes people want to play it or play it again. Yeah, I I mean, when you think about like poker is a great example of the fact that there are so many versions of poker like that don't even necessarily feel like poker, but they are right. Right. I mean, when you look at the difference between like a hold'em and a stud or a draw or, I mean, there are, you're right. There are so many different things. It's, yeah. it's funny. My wife and I, for the very <laughs> first time, started watching 30 Rock last night. Oh, which yeah. Which you've never seen before. I love that show. Um, and it's like the second or third episode. Um, and uh, they are going to play poker. And, uh, and Tracy Morgan, who's Tracy Jordan in the show, sits down and he's like, and he starts calling out how the game's going to work. And my, he's like, face cards are wild twos or fives and it was like my favorite thing ever like twos are fives um i just i really enjoy that yeah like yeah. like not twos and fives are the same just two twos or fives like yeah. what <laughs> so you're like i have five of a kind yeah. um with that's, my twos and fives yeah so yeah that's a nice little subtle joke on how complicated some people play with poker but right right exactly yeah. right sorry i interrupted but that was too no, hard not to throw that, out there <laughs> yeah that's exactly perfect it's you know uh it's just a uh, fun how you can do all that and i so i did a little research and the origins of poker are not exactly clear mm-hmm. but i mean there's games even back to ancient persia that have some kind of cards um apparently betting wasn't added until much much later but you know and, and really like, even certainly into the renaissance and all that there were like there's a French game called book that, you know, has, it was only a 20 card deck or whatever. Like there's something there up from the, at least the Renaissance era on, but funny enough, it seems that what we think of as, as a stereotype is actually true that a lot of modern poker was developed in the late 1800s, like in the saloons and the interesting and, you know, gambling halls in Europe as well. And, um, and particularly betting and like, mm-hmm. That's when Hold'em, you know, Texas Hold'em and the other versions of Hold'em kind of came up. But it wasn't until the 70s that it actually kind of became famous. Like, and even into that the feels 80s. feels so recent. Right. And into the 80s when, I guess, I read California legalized Hold'em and Draw. Ah, okay. Uh, and that's when, like, it had another resurgence. And then, of course, in the last 15 years or so, when you got actual professional poker. Um so oh, yeah, there's definitely that a game that has at least some roots way back in time and uh-huh. roots 500 years ago is still like had this resurgence just in the last 30 or 40 years in a very different way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just yeah. it's amazing for that sticking power to 
both the same thing and something new at the same time you know it is and to see that in the mainstream of like without it being like a we're packaging this game and selling it right it's just right this game has developed within a group and now it's starting oh we play this in this one in this one establishment in this one gambling hall we're playing it this way and people pass through and they play it and then suddenly they're playing it that way somewhere different uh, right. possibly far flung, depending on how far the person traveled. Right. 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 Um, that is really, really interesting um, as a, as a way, you know, that, that, that spreads. I mean, now we see these things spread via mass market or the internet or, you know, online games and things like that. Right. Um, but even back then it was doing that. I just was doing it in a, in a bit of a different way. So right. I, I find that super interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that there's somebody out there that's written their, you know, whatever dissertation or thesis on something like this. And Jeff Engelson probably has some articles on it or something. Um, it's just, it was an idea, something I had because of the game I'm working on right now. So yeah, it's, uh, I'd love to hear other people's thoughts on like things they've borrowed from classic games and why they, you know, thinking about why they decided that was the time to go to that classic game for, for a mechanic or for inspiration or whatever. Right, right. If anybody has pitched another kind of chess out there, I really want to know what motivated you to do that. Right, right, right. <laughs> to me, that's intimidating because, like, I, I don't even know how I could manage to say, like, I know chess so well, I'm going to do another version of it, you know? <laughs> right, right. I, it was Eric Lang, when I think it was, it was either when he was on the show or around that time when we were chatting, and, and I, I don't recall which it was, Um so listeners, if you heard this before, it's he said it when he was on the show, uh, but it was the idea that he said most publishers will not even look at a chess variant, but everyone should design a chess variant like that's because because he said it forces your brain to work in a certain way. And obviously it depends on what the chess variant is. Right. Um, right. Having just spoken about Pandasaurus, publishing a chess variant. Um and that I think is, um, I, and I think, yeah, I think it really depends on, on what you make of it. But I, I just thought it was really interesting to hear him say that. Um, I, I certainly, have, I think Rob at one point worked on a chess variant, maybe. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, do remember him using like an eight by eight board for something. I couldn't tell you. He used, he used a grid for right. everything. So yeah, but <laughs> that was always a running gag of, okay, so it starts with a grid. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that, um, I mean, I think we're silly not to harvest from classic games like that. I mean, we harvest from each other's games, right? Right. Um, oh, this, you know, this, this mechanic from this one game is really interesting. I mean, you know, one of the, I think one of the things that we've talked about before that has always been something that I love is the idea that you want new mechanics, right? But if a new mechanic is so new and inventive, there's that chance that it's so alien that it doesn't click for people, right? Yeah. Um, and that's where the familiarity of, of other mechanics comes in. And, and the ability to take something from a classic game, a game that somebody maybe hasn't even played, but it so many of those classic games feel somewhat interrelated, right? Because a lot of them have the same base thing, a deck of cards. Um, that that you kind of get to achieve both things in one space, right? Cause you can say, let's, uh, 
let's do something that feels totally new to people. But really, you know, when you're subconscious, right? You're like, oh, no, no, I've, this is familiar. I've played something like this before, right? Um, so it's kind of like the best of both worlds, I, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I tend to be <clears throat> like there's different kinds of creativity. And I, my creativity tends to live more in the synthesis area of uh, rather than inventing a brand new mechanic, I'm more likely to see two mechanics that I think can play well together in a new way. So it's like, it's not that this mechanic is brand new or that mechanic is brand new. It's that when you put them together, like a new thing results or a fun interaction happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's much more of my style of, of creativity and, and thinking. Um, so like I, and that's when you can get that benefit of like, Hey, mm -hmm. everybody knows, or most people are familiar with this kind of thing. But when you do this with it, suddenly, hey, something new happens, you know, or right, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally, totally agree with that. I, I find myself doing that a lot where I'll play a game and be hooked on one mechanic from it and think, how do I use that? You know, like there's this there's this kid's game I've been playing with my kids and it's like a matching stacking game. And I was like, what if instead of just using this, like, cause the whole game is like collecting things to Mac and match and stack to Mac to match and stack. And you're trying to, uh, you're trying to get as many as you can. Um, and at any point you're only taking one of two things. And I thought, what if instead you started with that setup mm -hmm. and those, those you were unstacking and unmatching to make actions, right? So you had a certain set number of actions but the way that they came up, you weren't sure how that was going to happen. So you've got them all stacked in, in a pile and you're pulling from one end or the other to do an action, right? And mm. when you pick up a tile that has a, a some symbol on it, you can either use the action on that side or the action you didn't know was on the other side, right? Gotcha. Um, but the action that was on the other side is also going to be the action on the next tile down because it matches. Um yes. So, and I, I loved that idea and I, I, it's one of those ones I've still been trying to kind of muscle it into something, but, but yeah, I, I, my brain works the same way yours does in that matter of like, I, it's very rare that I say, I've got this crazy new, um, this crazy new mechanic that no one's ever seen before. It's generally, I saw this mechanic used in one way and I would like to use it in a completely different way and try to do something with that. And, um, and that, I, I just think that, um. Yeah, I, that's that's how my brain works, and uh, I totally respect that yours is the same way. <laughs> yeah, I think we, you and I, tend to have similarities in that respect for sure, which can be good or bad depending on what you're trying to get accomplished, right? Right, 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 right. Yes, yes. If you're trying to come up with something completely unlike anything else that's ever existed, uh, you and I may not be the ones to call. <laughs> right, right. But if you're like, I think this works. Does this work? I'll probably know what you were trying to get out of. Right. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, just uh, well, a lot of good thoughts there, I hope, for everybody out there. Um, we're probably getting close to pitch time, huh? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, let's uh, let's talk about your game and then maybe we can noodle on that a bit more, too, around sure. the same topic, if, if that's cool. Yeah. So, well, before I start, since I'm, you know, we're so close to 500 and I'm not going to get another chance to say this. I'll just, just want to say uh, how great it's been to watch the show grow for 500 or almost 500 episodes now, more if you count bonus episodes. Yes. Um, I, 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 
what I'm going to say is going to sound both self-deprecating and self-important at the same time. And I don't mean either of them, but <laughs> I feel like the show has outgrown me in a sense of like, I remember the early days where special guests meant you were at the con and it was me and Neil and Gray and Len. <laughs> and, you know, just like four or five, frankly, you know, unpublished white dudes sitting around kind of guessing what game design and game industry was like. <laughs> Uh, to see you come all the way to where you are now. And I know you've really poured your heart and soul into it as I have the other co-hosts in their ways. It, like now you're talking to, you know, actual industry pros who are giving you know, knowledgeable advice about game design in the game industry. And frankly, I was surprised that you could have me on. I assumed you would have like nerd famous people, as you like to say, lined up already. Um, <laughs> So I'm just happy to have to have been along on this journey so far. And frankly, Jason, you probably don't hear it enough. I'm really proud of you. I know a lot of the other people who have been there since the beginning are really proud of you and what this show has become. So I wanted to take the opportunity to say that for sure. Well, I I really that's that's very kind of you. I appreciate that. You know, um, I've loved doing this for the last almost 500 episodes and. And, you know, I, I, I look forward to doing this for hopefully 500 more, right? Um, 500, I've, I think I mentioned before, was kind of always my goal. I was like, when we get to 500, I'll probably just quit. Um, but <laughs> now I don't want to. Now I want to keep doing it because I do feel like the show has grown a lot. Sometimes I feel like the show has outgrown me, um, you know, to the point where I'm like, <laughs> if I I don't feel like I've learned as much as I should have in the last 500 episodes. But you're, but, you're like, you're strapped in a- and, but the ship's on cruise control. <laughs> right, right. But no, I, you know, um, to your point about like, you know, now we've got these industry insiders and stuff and it, they, yes, sometimes. Yeah. And I don't, but I don't ever want to lose the core of the, like, of the, you know, just independent game designers out here. Those of us that are just trying to make it and trying to do it. Like I always want to have, all of us type of people represented by that. I don't mean just a bunch of white guys. Um, <laughs> no, I've loved the uh, sheer diversity of, of what you've added in the last thanks. year or two. I really thanks. Yeah. That, that has been, that has been a primary focus of, of getting new voices in here. Um, and when, you know, for the first 370 some episodes, you got two white guys like um, from the Midwest, like that's important, especially that you start to branch out from that. Um but no, I will, I will always, always, always make room for, for friends and, and, and published as small published designers, unpublished designers, like big industry people. Like mm-hmm. I, I always kind of take the, take the stance that if, if the story you're going to talk about is interesting, then it doesn't matter what your experience level is. Right. Right. Um, you know, and that was one of the reasons we brought the mentee co-host on was my, my big fear about yeah. are we are, are we outgrowing the idea of being new in the industry? Right. I mean, cause even, even for yourself, right. To say like, you feel like the show's outgrown you, but I mean, think of how far you've come in the years and the things you've learned. Um, and that is, you know, when you look back on all that, it's easy to be like, gosh, like, is this, you know, is this representing what we were trying to represent? And that's why, you know, bringing on the mentee co-host to keep that fresh and to make sure that yeah. people are still getting those stories of people who are new in the industry, who are trying different things than we ever were. And, and plus, um, like we talked about, I think it was with Cardboard Edison, we talked about being new in the industry now 
is yeah. very different from when, when you and I were Absolutely. new in the industry, right? Absolutely. Completely. Just as many challenges, they're just all different, <laughs> right? Because um, so many things have changed for the positive, but those have also not necessarily made it easier. So, right. but I 100%. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just to say, anyway, what I'm really trying to say is you're nerd famous to me. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> you will you will be always nerd famous to people on this show. Thanks. Um, as, <laughs> as a game designer and a contest winner and a beer exploder. Yeah. <laughs> um, all sorts of things. But I, I appreciate the kind words. That that means a lot, especially for someone like you who's been here the whole time, you know. Oh, I'm, I'm um, still enjoying it. I, I like right. sitting back and... I admit there's a little bit of me that misses those days when you were like texting me like, Hey, what are you doing right now? I got to record an episode. I got to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Like all those times that I was on, I wasn't asking Jason to be on. He was asking me. <laughs> right. But, but you see what happens when you did ask, I was like, yeah. Hey, I got a spot this week. Uh, I may have been texting you. You don't know. Uh, I, there have still been many episodes where I've said like, Hey, I need someone right now. Right. Yeah. Um, and when you, sometimes I still tweet, Hey, uh, who wants to be on the podcast this week? <laughs> Cause I don't have a guest. Cause somebody's if you're out there and you listen and you never responded, if you see that respond, cause it's always fun having somebody new on. It is. It is. Yes. I, I that is one of my greatest joys is, is talking to someone new, um, and just getting their, like their, their own story. Right. And, and figuring out like who they are and what they're doing. So yeah, yeah. I, I expect to see a lot more of that as as we move on. Uh, but I, I don't think we'll ever stop having familiar people on either because because as I like to say, it's my show and I can do that if I want to. <laughs> so. right. right, right. So um, the game I decided to pitch tonight, it, it fits perfectly into this sort of stream of thought and semi-nostalgia, um, which is kind of why I wanted to pitch it near 500 as well. So this game is called um, Potion Poker. Oh, <clears throat> right. So it's it's a game where you're trying to get the best poker hand, but you're doing it through manipulating the cards on the table that are between them. Mm -hmm. So the, the the sort of premise, if you will, the theme is that you know you're all magic users, wizards, witches, alchemists, whatever in the pub between adventures and you start talking about who's the best potion maker. And so you decide to, to settle the discussion by playing a hand of poker with your potions. Um, mm -hmm. so, so you start the game, you get, everybody gets seven cards in their hand and eight spell components, uh, tokens. Um, and every card is both a poker card as mm -hmm. well as it has some action or effect on it. And, you know, thematically, I'd probably make it the suits like spell components, like Eye of Newt and Mushrooms and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. it's just hearts and spades and all that. So on your t at the beginning of the game, the first thing you'll do is you'll play two of your cards down to your collection. Face up. Everybody can see them. And keep the other five in your hand. And then everybody plays one card in front of them as the active potion. Um, this is the card that, that you you may or may not want in your collection, but whatever potion ends up in front of you at the end of the round, it, you're going to drink it and add it to your collection. So on your turn, you can use your spell components, put them into the pot in the middle, and do an action. Uh, so you, there are seven actions I think I have listed that are always available. You can 
pay one spell component to rotate all the potions clockwise or counterclockwise. Um, you can uh, all the way up to like, um, you can pay four to turn all the potions face down for the rest of the round and you have to play by memory basically. Um, mm-hmm. And you go until everybody's passed and then everyone drinks the potion in front of them, meaning they do whatever effect is on the card if it's applicable and then they add it to their collection. But the other interesting thing is those cards you already have in your collection, you can use those actions as well with your oh, okay. components. So you have the seven basic that are always available to everyone and they have, you know, costs from one to four. So there's always, as long as you have at least one spell component, you can do it something. Um, but then on, you know, some of the face cards and whatnot, you have more powerful actions. And if it's in your collection, you can pay that money to activate the card in your collection. So everybody, it's played face up. Like once it's in your collection, everybody knows what you're going for or might mm-hmm. guess what you're going for, but you get action access to that action. Um, then other players don't. So those could be things like, um, you know, swapping a card from your collection with someone else from a, from their collection or making everyone give you one spell component. I didn't, I didn't want to do real swingy with the spell components because that's the currency and you don't want somebody being able to amass a bunch. Yes, yes. Yep. But the idea was basically you get eight at the beginning and then you get four more every turn plus you know, maybe one or two here from the pot. Mm-hmm. Cards. Mm-hmm. Nothing to make it too swingy. But then after you play five rounds, you'll have seven cards in your collection. You make the best poker hand you can out of up to five of those and you see who wins. So... That's basically the game. It plays two to five. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I haven't actually physically played it at all. I made the prototype, but it's not like it's not a game that would be good to play test solo. It just doesn't really make sense. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I just made the prototype, and I'm hoping to get it up in front of some people sometime soon. Thoughts? Yeah. So that's it's interesting. Yes, it does remind me of some other stuff. <laughs> The uh, it calls back to like potent potions from many many yeah. many years ago. So um, what? So the the story there is I pulled a Joshua Josh Mills. Um, <laughs> I, so I was going through. I have a dresser with all my spell or my, my spell components, my prototyping stuff in it. You know, old uh-huh, words, uh-huh. old decks of cards. And I was looking for something for another game, like on holiday, I think. And I saw this rubber banded deck of cardstock. And I was like, "What's that?" And I grabbed it, and it was a prototype of potent potions. And I, I could be wrong about this, but I think this was the first game you ever prototyped and then like asked other people to play. It was pretty yeah. old. And so it I was, it off and played it with some friends. And I remember generally liking the game, like the mechanic of manipulating whose cards are in front of whom and drinking, you know, having the actions at the end. Mm-hmm. But, and I, I don't think I'm offending you by telling you this. I think you found the same thing. It, it was missing that fun element, right? The, it was, it, it was, was, yeah. What I felt like it was missing was a purpose. Like, why am I really doing this? And yeah, you yeah. to collect a set collection, but there wasn't a real driving reason to care that much in, in what card was in front of you. And from what I recall, like, you know, in a round, you would play X number of cards or there was some yeah. way to determine you how long you those, played in a round. Yeah, you had the potion cards. You also had the action cards. Right. So you would and play so, the card and pay the amount. Yes. And so the problem was the first like three action cards that were played literally meant nothing. 
right. It was only the um, manipulation at the end that really mattered. Right. Yeah. Unless you had a card that would let you just drink what you had in front yeah. of you so that you had it. Um, right. So, and so I always liked it, but I knew there was something missing. And I came absolutely. across it and I grabbed it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to play around with it and see what happens uh, just for fun, just for kicks. And I started setting it out, playing it. And the combination of having the different colors of potions, it was like red, blue, green, and yellow. And the idea of set collection made my brain come to poker. I was like, well, what if you were trying to make a poker hand out of these? That mm-hmm. would actually put more stake into why you want a specific card in front of you. You know, and then I thought about the other things like, or that was frustrating is if you didn't have a card, an action card, you couldn't do anything. So, you know, that's why I said some of these actions are always available and that sort of thing. But anyway, so yeah, I, I thought it was fun. It was one of your earlier pitches and I was like, I like this mechanic. How do we make it a little more fun? So, and then that's when I came back to poker as a classic game that people like to right. play and it, and it has its own stakes to it. Um, so anyway, yeah, um, I just decided to pitch it right back at you. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. And yeah, no, that is a game that I always wished I would have done more with because it, um, it looked, it was fun, right? Like it was fun. It just was missing something. Um, so I, um, uh, one of the things I think is a really great idea is my, I made the assumption that each round you'd be making a poker hand, right? And then at the end of the round, you'd see who won the round and blah, blah, blah. I, I like that you resisted that temptation to that and went with the idea that like you make the, you see who wins at the end, right? Like you've made the poker hand out of the whole thing. I think that is, that's really smart, um, as a way to do it, um, yeah, like I think that um, I think the, it allows you some strategy and luck in that, you know, you get your first two cards down, which gives you two extra actions probably to access. And it gets you like started. Right. Mm-hmm, and if mm-hmm. you play like a seven card uh, poker game, you always just use your best five anyway. But also, like if you've got a crap card in your hand that you don't care about, you you have to strategize. Is this the round I want right. to play this? And hope that something I do, somebody else plays something I like better that I can go for, or right, you know, or I'm low on, you know, I spent a lot of my spell components last time, so I'm not going to have a lot this time. So I'm going to play this card I don't care about, and save mm-hmm. up a little for the round after or whatever. So yeah, I was hoping that would put some strategic decisions combined yep. with luck of who plays what when. Yeah, and I, I always really like that decision of like, do I use this card for this or for this, and when do I play it in that timing element. Um, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of that. So no, this, this definitely sounds like something the next time I see you, I would love to try, which hopefully yeah. I will see you sometime in 2022. Not too yeah. late. I'm, I'm planning hope. on going to a couple of conventions, at least in 2022. Um, we'll see. Same, same for sure. <laughs> and this is one, obviously like the balancing of the costs of, of each action and whether or not some of these actions are even good or should be replaced or getting rid of, you know, like obviously that's mm-hmm. stuff that has to be play tested, but I'm hoping the right. general idea of the game is is good. The general idea sounds fun. And um, I mean, it does help that I'm a big fan of potions and moving stuff. So in spells, so that <laughs> doesn't <Yeah>. hurt. <laughs> that, but the, the thought I had is like, if you like poker and you're a board gamer, you're like, oh, I should take a look at this. 
But right, if you don't right. really like poker, you're probably not going to look at the game to even see what else it adds to poker. So I was, that's why I started thinking about that sort of traditional game, whether it can add or subtract from right. what you're right. doing. You, you almost have to wonder if like it would serve it better to not use the term poker. Right. <laughs> even though what? Right. No, I agree. Oh, I thought you said why. I was like, for the reasons you just said why. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, like uh, – like to, call to it, include the call poker it mechanic potions, but use poker in it. <laughs> call it potion, potion something, right? Yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, and then you are developing the best sets, but those sets just happen to look like poker hands, right? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, you can, um, you can easily um, fake poker hands with alternate suits. Right. Um, and, you know, I mean, really like rename yeah. the rename the face cards. I mean, you can still keep one through ten or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Rename the face cards. Right. And you don't even have to have face cards technically. Right. Oh, yeah. You just have one. Through you could even just do one through ten instead of having, you know, I mean, and that would allow you to trim 16 cards out of the deck. No. Right. 16 cards out of the deck. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Right? No, no. Th- uh, sorry. Twelve cards. I was thinking there were four face cards, but depends on if you count the ace as a yeah. face or just. And I was yeah. for this case, I was counting it as one. So. Right, right. But but you could even do eleven because anytime they can go to eleven, it's not bad. Yeah, so, yeah. Always put crank it up to eleven. Always, right? Well, yeah, I, I hope I get a chance to try that one. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm thinking about starting a little like board game design group here now that we're getting close to the end of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I was just about to get more involved in that stuff for the pandemic. And we have one here in St. Louis, but it's way out in West County. And I live down in the city uh, and that's too far of a drive. So I kind of wanted to make maybe in, sometime soon, like make one in St. Louis city for closer mm-hmm. folks and use that as a way to get involved in my community of board gamers, but also like to have a group to play my game. So maybe that'll come up soon. So if there's anybody in the St. Louis area, you can tweet me. Yes, do that at Nate Darty. Yeah, Nate D A R T Y. Yeah, yeah, phonetic spelling. <laughs> cool. Uh, I think. Well, that... hey, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, I'm always happy to be and, uh, here. chatting about all this stuff. And I, I, yeah, I love traditional games. I'm excited we got to chat about those um, and how to do stuff with them. Um, I, uh, I realized by the way, your camera is a little blurry and you're a little pixelated, but with the blue shirt and your short hair, you kind of look like mark zuckerberg um i'm not gonna lie and not not what i'm going for at all yeah no um you just you have that vibe a little bit though so yeah yeah yeah. um that's all right anyways you look like the poor man seth rogan so it's fine (laughs) (laughs) i'll take that over the poor man zach galifianakis Um, (laughs) yeah yeah but i could see either um, so, hey, listeners, I uh, hope you enjoyed tonight's uh, episode. If you have any thoughts on traditional games and you want to chat about those, uh, tweet at us or uh, or call us, uh, 770-HOTEL-BTG, or email us, buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. But, yeah, feel free to tweet at Nate and I about that. Uh, we'd love to talk about it. Um, speaking of the Twitter, you can find us at PodcastBTG, at J.A. Slingerland. As we mentioned, Nate is at Nate Darty. Uh, don't forget to go to our website, buildingthegamepodcast.com. I'd say in the next three to four weeks it'd be a fun time to check out our website because maybe it's going to look a little different what Woo. possible 
possible. Um, and but Discord, yeah. Discord Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central Time. That's no Eastern Time. See, this no, eight, is great. I thought you said eight. no seven Central. Oh my gosh! Yeah, seven Central. Yes. <laughs> Someday you'll understand time zones, Jason. I may not. It's true. I may not. Um, so yeah, cool, cool. Well, uh, until next time, y'all. Good night. See ya. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial seven seven hotel BTG. Please don't use the email.